Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the XP Podcast, level 27. My name is Rob, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Adam. How are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a month since the last episode, and we are missing Austin. He's been he mm. said he had a very busy schedule this entire month, so he's not gonna be able to join us. But um, here we are. We have a lot of news stories to go over. Uh, restructuring the show a bit. I kind of had it being, I feel like I've I say this every quarter or whatever but i'm trying to find the sweet spot for this show and get the most out of it and uh, we did like a few stories real fast and then one main topic and then went into what we played to kind of make the show be something that i can juice as much content out of and utilize it for social media tiktok instagram youtube shorts that kind of stuff we're just going to be a heavenly news focused show and then we'll talk about what we've been playing at the end if we have time so hope you guys are excited about that to hear us talk about more about gaming news and uh if you guys don't have the time check us out on tiktok at ambitious casual instagram at ambitious casual or youtube and i'm going to start posting our shorts on the main youtube channel i don't want to make people have to go to another channel yet because that's just too much for everyone so until further ado let's get right into the intro welcome to the xp podcast we talk about video games and bring topics to the digital table for your amusement if you have any questions comments or corrections send them our way at twitter send them our way on twitter at ambitious casual and if you're watching on youtube leave them in the comments press the like button and subscribe also if you're listening on spotify or any other podcast service rate the podcast on there that would do Mm. a big big help for us so that when people are searching up gaming podcasts hopefully the more reviews that we get the higher up we'll be in that search engine And without further ado, onto the show. Uh, we got some some good stuff to talk about. We have three sections of the show today: PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox. Let's start with PlayStation. All right. The Game Pass killer is here. Oh man. Or is it? Now, Adam, I know the last episode we kind of talked about the rumors that were circulating around Project Spartacus. And so finally, the boy. The man, the myth, the legend, Jim Ryan, the truest gamer of them all, came out mm-hmm. and finally gave us the actual info that we wanted and that we needed. And so this is coming straight from PlayStation Blog. I'm going to read it off and then we'll get right into the nitty gritty of it all. Starting at the top, Jim Ryan writes, since launching PlayStation Plus in 2010, SIE has been at the forefront of innovation with game subscription services. We were thrilled to be the first console membership service that included a refreshed library of games through PlayStation Plus and also launched the first console game streaming service with PlayStation Now. Today, we are pleased to share with you official news about changes coming to our subscription service. This June, we're bringing together PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now in an all-new PlayStation Plus subscription service that provides more choice to customers across three membership tiers globally. Our focus is on providing high-quality, curated content with a diverse portfolio of games. Below is an overview of the three membership tiers. Everybody, mm-hmm. strap in. We were kind of... The rumors that were circulating were pretty on point. I think they were exactly on point. Um, so let's start from the top. PlayStation Plus Essential, $9.99 a month in america provides the same benefits that playstation plus members are getting today such as two monthly downloadable games exclusive discounts cloud storage for saved games online multiplayer access there are no changes for existing playstation plus members in this tier or are there or are there or are there or are there 
let let let's just look at the two monthly downloadable games. Exactly. And I don't know about you, Rob, but I've been getting uh, three or four monthly games for for a while now. We have. And it's really making me think that, you know, when you look at the monthly games for this month, I think it was like, what, two PlayStation 4 games and one PS5 game? And mm-hmm. it's making me wonder, okay, is the transition going to be now two PS5 games? Maybe. That's pretty cool. That'd be awesome. But if it ends up that we get June comes around. It's like your PlayStation, your PlayStation Plus games of this month are two PlayStation Four games. I'd be like, "Come on, what's going on here?" So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this changes later because we have been getting more bang for our buck now. Mm-hmm. But it could be an incentive to go even higher. Thus, Tier Two, PlayStation Plus Extra, fourteen ninety nine a month, provides all the benefits from the essential tier adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. Looks a little better now. It is an extra $6 a month. Uh, No, $5 a month from the last tier. We get 400 games, Adam. 400 games at the start. Now, I know PlayStation now. Up to. Up, well, yes, thank you. Up to 400 extra games. PlayStation Plus, I do not know what PlayStation now, how many games are on that service. Um, and I, I, by listening to a lot of people, I don't think uh, they said that it was even close to 400. It's a good catalog of games, but it's not 400. Um, so I'm excited to see what this can bring. But um, we got one more tier. Let's go through that tier real fast. PlayStation Plus premium $17.99 a month provides all the benefits from essential and extra it adds up to 340 additional games including ps3 games available via cloud streaming a catalog of beloved classic games available on both streaming and download options from the original playstation playstation 2 and playstation portable generations it also offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers and markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. And uh, customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. And lastly, there will be time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier so customers can try select games before they buy. Adam, what's your thoughts on premium are you sold on the idea it so far if you get premium we can get up to 740 games at our disposal yeah mm, it's hard to say um it might come down to what the yearly price goes on sale for during the holiday season definitely uh, definitely. because really that might change whether or not i would actually get it or subscribe mm, to it but mm. in terms of what it's offering of course premium puts the cloud streaming there which is of course the only way you can get access to ps3 games um correct it, and of course it puts the rest of the i guess more uh classic playstation games so ps2 ps1 psp yes and then yes. the game trials are there too um so th- there's a lot that they put on the top shelf basically um and I think it really kind of is like a you you guys, you know, customers, consumers, you guys said that you care about the old games. 
So prove it. It's almost yep. like a it's like a kind of like a, a you know a calculation or kind of a how do I put it? It you know Jim Ryan right is like you know got all the flack for saying who wants to play this old <laughs> Gran Turismo game. Yeah, yeah. And uh and it's like, you know, he got a lot of flack for it. He's like, okay, okay. If you guys you guys really want to play those games, go for it. Yep. You know? Sub- yep. Subscribe to the, the most uh the highest uh price subscription, you know? Exactly. Um and, and kind of prove that, you know, that's something that you want. So I don't know. I, I could see myself trying it out at some point if like, oh, there's old games I want to get to that I haven't played before. Kind of how I like honestly treat the Nintendo Switch online stuff. Um, but I doubt I'd just like always be subscribed to premium. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I mean, to me personally, uh, just the way that I am as a person, I'm just going to go premium and just stick with that. Um, just because the, the, the ability to be have access to that whenever I want to is just tantalizing i guess it's interesting though because i mean and you wrote this out and i'm glad that you wrote this out you kind of wrote out the yearly prizes for all of them um mm-hmm. for PlayStation plus essential it is 59.99 a year which is practically what you get for PlayStation plus for right now um yeah and then if you go extra that's a hundred dollars a year and then if you go premium it is 120 dollars a year so it really puts things in a perspective to you like okay do i want to pay double for whatever PlayStation Plus Premium is offering me right now, like is mm-hmm. the is the classic games in whatever is on that four hundred plus PS4 and PS5 games that they're going to be offering me that tantalizing for me to pay double? Is it going to be that worth it? And so, mm-hmm. to me, it's interesting because you know I want to play old classic games, but I don't know what's going to be on there. That's like that's a great point. Like if Rugrats PlayStation One game the search for reptar is on there yeah why would it i don't see why it would be because it's a licensed video like i don't see how things like that would happen yeah but if it is man i would pay that because that's a classic game that i grew up playing as a child you know but is playstation going to be capable of putting all that kind of classic games or is it going to be just the everything that we know final fantasy 7 final fantasy 6 uh is it going to be um twisted metal is it going to be like just the heavy hitters. Now, Metal Gear Solid. Don't even get me started, Adam. Don't even get me started, Adam. <laughs> if we can get Metal Gear Solid on there, Metal Gear Solid all the way to, like, if we can get all of them on this service, perfect. That's enough for $120 for me. Um, but I'm just hoping to see. And it's also the fact that the PS3 games are still are cloud streaming. This has been a big topic of discussion because of the fact that whatever that they were using to power the PS3, it was the cell processor that is still, still a problem which i know earlier this year there was a patent to kind of emulate that uh so hopefully this is going to be fixed soon um mm-hmm. but i'm going to finish the end bit of this article and this is what jim ryan has to finish off by saying that the new extra and premium tiers represent a major evolution for playstation plus but these tiers are key focus is to ensure that the hundreds of games we offer will include the best quality content that sets us apart at launch which will be in june we plan to include titles such as Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. We're working closely with our imaginative developers from the PlayStation Studios and third-party partners to include some of the best gaming experiences available with a library that will be regularly refreshed. More details to come on the games we'll have on our new PlayStation Plus service. 
that little bit of extra detail tells me that the PlayStation Plus collection is growing. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that what we're getting is getting better. Does that make sense? Um, because the PlayStation Sorry, Plus well, collection mm-hmm. was kind of like their, hey, these are our first party games that we are offering to you. And a couple of third parties that are pretty big. Um, and so I feel like God of War, Death Stranding, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, Returnal. I get the mm-hmm. feeling that those are going to be accessible based off of just the base PlayStation Plus tier because the PlayStation Plus collection is accessible as of right now with the tier that we have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to happen to PS Plus collection. Um, I don't necessarily read from this that they're going to add titles to that. Okay. Um, like I, I really feel like they're they're talking about what's going to be in the extra tier when they're when they're talking mm. about these titles is yeah. really what I'm seeing because if you if you look at it, um, what PS Plus Extra says, you know, adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, uh, including block blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog, oh, third party point. partners. Good point, right? You know that that's kind of what the PS Plus collection was for people who were hopping in on PS5. It was saying, "Hey, you know, play some of the best games from PS4." And so, if anything, I could almost see them set, setting the PS Plus collection and say, "You know, we did this to kind of, you know, be a incentive for early adopters of PS5 and to kind of give you guys um, uh, some stuff to play if you." Hop back in uh, and haven't been weren't on PlayStation Four or you know, um, or weren't you know kind of active on your PlayStation Four. Here's some of the best stuff from that, so you can get caught up on. And then of course they were doing a lot of free patches, PS5 patches for those games too. So definitely, um, you know, so that was a big thing. But I think that was probably like a, a goodwill thing or like an extra incentive to get people to want to buy the PS5. I know that's part of the reason why I got one. Um, yeah. And especially when they were in low supply, yeah, that was that was a big deal for me. Was they're hard to get, but if I can manage to get one, I get to play a bunch of these great games that I missed. And I, I did. I played God of War. I played Bloodborne. I played oh, there's another one, Ratchet and Clank 2016. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember if there was another one on there that I, I played as well. But it's like. You know that that saved me some money there, and you know I don't have to. I'm I'm good. I'm set. I have the PS5. I don't have to worry about upgrading. You know, now so definitely. What's funny is that in that list, one stands out from all of them, and that's Mortal Kombat 11. It's kind of weird because it's like first party, first party, first party, first party, first party, third party, first party. It's 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 weird that they chose. They like this had to go through a lot of editors mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. it was released, and they were like, let's keep Mortal Kombat 11 in that list. It just tells me that they have it locked down already. You know, mm. so th- they have to advertise at least one third party, I think, and they have that locked down. I'm pretty sure Mortal Kombat 10 was part of PS Plus collection, so you know, obviously they have a good, good enough relationship with the um, with the Mortal Kombat um, dev publisher, so. Yeah, yeah. Now, Adam, what is your thoughts on the time-limited game trials? What do you what what do you think that's even gonna look like? Do you think this is do you think they're gonna mm-hmm. offer that for first parties? Oh man. Um because that's the only maybe, way you can get the people to believe in it. 
I, I think so. I th- I think because they're you know they're saying hey, we um they they specifically what what is the thing that they've been saying the virtuous cycle right yes. Yes. so they they've been talking about hey the way that we make our first party titles and the amount of money that we spend on them would not work if we did day one drops on PS Plus yep. uh, plus extra right yep. Yep. and so. Yeah, I could see the premium that those game trials, uh, if they did game trials for those, kind of being the way to differentiate of, yes, you're in on the highest tier, so we're getting more money from you, but we're still not you know, letting you play the whole game without putting something into it. Um, so, I mean, I would love to see them let you buy it at a discount mm. if you're if you're premium. I don't we'll think see. that they're going to do that, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, sure, I mean, get, I don't know. It's like it, it, it does help you not spend as much money, but you're spending more money by being a premium member. And so it's like I, I would like to see PlayStation at least, I don't know, like 10 percent off. It doesn't have to be crazy. It's Definitely. just like a small thing. Definitely. I, I'm really interested to see how this works. Is it even going to last? That's my big thing. Game trials, demos. That's really not much of a thing anymore. We do get like these um, alphas and betas, which have kind of taken over as the demo. But the demos usually have been, you know, back in my day, it was literally a portion of the actual game finished. So mm-hmm. nowadays when we get betas and, and, and alphas, it's very unfinished product. And you might not even see the same thing when you actually get the full game. It might be more well, refined or maybe set back to... Mm-hmm to actually work on the platform. So um, Nintendo does a lot of demos on their games. So, uh, you know, PlayStation definitely uh, is kind of, I don't want to say do like they're copying Nintendo Nintendo and Xbox. Like they're, they're kind of in this middle spot, but it's like, they definitely want their first party games to be seen as like a premium product that, you know, doesn't have like a, a short, uh, shelf life yeah so but you know kind of retains its value and you know that's what they're 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 wanting and want to go for like it's crazy to me i mean it's not crazy to me but think about it breath of the wild still is like the cheapest you can get it is 30 dollars. and that's Definitely. a game that came out in 2017 god of war game that came out in 2018 easy to pick up for 10 bucks yeah yeah and it's like it and you know I would say that both of those games are such high quality and it's like PlayStation sees Nintendo and how their stuff retains its value and they want to have that same mentality around their first party games. Definitely, definitely, and I think that's this proves the point that PlayStation and Xbox are not working on the same field anymore. And I'll mm-hmm. be honest, I think what's interesting about seeing them finally announce this kind of brings this weird ease to where I'm like, I feel like we're at a point now where every big publisher xbox mm-hmm. playstation nintendo they are all just doing their own thing now and now it's about who's going to survive in the end mm-hmm. because it nintendo and we're going to talk about nintendo later they're doing their own thing and they are thriving off mm-hmm. of it xbox is doing their own thing and we're going to see later it's doing pretty well for them and so is it going to control the market we don't know now game pass wouldn't if game pass wasn't a thing this would have never existed. This three-tier PlayStation Plus thing would never existed because sure. you wouldn't feel the need to make it. 
And so this is pushing well, them in a, in a way to kind mm-hmm. of to kind of combat them a bit, but they're still mm-hmm. trying to keep that premium. We are the premium guys. So I don't know. What, 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 what do you want to add? Well, of course, as Jim Ryan reminded everyone, they were the first to have <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get their own like game streaming service. And and of course, <laughs> there's not necessarily much here that is new yeah. as much as it is a rebranding and a repackaging of uh, PlayStation Now, um, which, you know, people are like, what's that? I've never heard of it, you know, and yeah, and really it gets a lot. It gets a lot of shade and it's probably more so than it deserves. It really is just like they've not emphasized it. It's not well marketed. And now they're kind of let let Xbox Game Pass. It's been running. It's been doing its thing. I think they've been able to see what has happened with that and, how, you know, how, what it does well, what it doesn't do well and kind of be like, OK, what lessons can we take away for what we do and how can we improve it? Because really, I, the only thing I think that's even new here is the game trials definitely like that that is the only new thing and everything else is just a repackaging and a rebranding um for, for the most part um obviously now it's like instead of having two separate products now it's like a tiered thing um so you know you can't have PlayStation now without having PlayStation Plus yeah um but i mean we'll see how it all shakes out um yeah it's hard to say yeah definitely definitely very good point. Very good point. Um, all right. Well, Adam, before we leave this topic, I just want to know: PlayStation Plus three tier is this a is this a good for you, or is this a I'm skeptical and I'll wait to see. Um, I think this is good for me. I could okay. see myself staying at Essential. I could see myself getting like a month or two of premium here or there. But I kind of like that there is like a. I think I think I like that there is a tiered structure to the streaming and yeah. or the the um between like extra and premium where it's like okay if you're not interested in streaming and if you're not interested in game trials and and retro games you just really want more of the like modern games um subscription you know there's that middle tier that you could do definitely definitely I also agree. I think the PlayStation Plus collect or the PlayStation Plus new tiers, I think they they're they're appealing to me. I think there's potential in this. There's an ability that we can actually see some good stuff come out of this. Everyone's been wanting some classic PlayStation games. We're going to see them. Hopefully, it is delivered. I'm hoping that whatever is going to be only accessed through a cloud at the beginning will soon be able to be downloaded onto the consoles very very soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Moving on to our next story, we've got some uh, more some more PlayStation stuff as well as Lego is involved. This comes by way of GamesIndustry.biz Maria D'Alessandri. Uh, it is Sony and Kirkby invest $2 billion in Epic Games. This is what she has to write. Epic Games has raised $2 billion in funding round. It announced today. The funds came from existing investors with Sony Group Corporation and Kirkby, the investment company behind Lego each contributing $1 billion. The investment will go towards advancing the company's vision to build the metaverse and support its continued growth, Epic said in the announcement. Tim Sweeney commented, who is the CEO of Epic, the largest shareholder of the company. This man 
is rolling in the dough. I just want to let everyone know that. Good for him. This is what he has to say. As we reimagine the future of entertainment and play, we need partners who share a vision. We have found this in our partnership with Sony and Kirkby. He continues, this investment will accelerate our work to build the metaverse and create spaces where players can have fun with friends. Brands can build creative and immersive experiences and creators can build a community and thrive, end quote. Lastly, Lego and Epic announced a long-term collaboration to develop a child, a children-focused metaverse just last week. That's not really the main point of this article. I just want to touch on real fast that Lego and Epic are teaming up together. They're they're wanting to they wanting to go into an all-out war with Roblox. That's mainly the thing. Roblox has taken the world by storm. Minecraft has taken the world by storm. Why is it taking Lego so long to do this? Because it is the perfect thing for them. They fit right into that space. They're doing that. Getting that out of the way. Adam, Sony's got a billing in the bank and they just gave it all to Epic. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? We have people been saying things like, oh, Microsoft has been throwing billions of dollars here or there. And then we see Sony drop mm-hmm. a billion dollars to Epic, which this isn't the first time they've done so. They've done two other investments into epic last mm-hmm. year and so this nets them out to like i forgot to take a 1.47 billion dollar investment into epic don't quote me on that but overall what do you what do you think of this do you think there's a deeper strategy to the reason why they're investing into epic i think there there is or something that kind of just uh occurred to me but i i do think sony is trying to how do i put it kind of gain like the resources and and kind of like gain the infrastructure um for their teams to build what they want to build and so you know unreal five first of all unreal five has been um kind of getting a lot of adoption from different places i think we saw that um cd project red this new witcher project is going to be an unreal five um there's um, some other things that we've been hearing of but Especially the line where they said, oh, what was it? The company's vision to build the metaverse and support its continued growth. The The fact that they're talking about metaverse here, to me, really ties into what Haven is working on and how Haven's been talking about their game, um, which I don't have any direct quotes handy, but they talk a lot about, a lot about it being a kind of... Uh, the most live servicey of live servicey things and, and something that that is supposed to be kind of like user generated content and, and kind of um meant to kind of grow and last a while and i'm like that game i imagine whatever they're working on i'm like i wouldn't be surprised if they you know come out and say that's going to be an unreal 5 as well but i definitely yeah. think that the the partnership with epic um kind of fits really well in that um and the recent acquisition of haven and I think those things are are probably definitely connected. No, yeah. I mean, my my big thing with a lot of this is that I'm seeing, you know, I think Fire Sprite is utilizing um Unreal Engine. I believe um oh, there was one more um mm-hmm. there's one more other studio that uh, Sony recently just acquired. They are also using Unreal Engine 5. Uh the good chance Haven Studio is also using Unreal Engine 5. Like you said, metaverse all around involved. I will say what comes with an investment is very important things. When you invest, you expect something back. And what is it that you want to expect back? Money. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. what I think is that Sony is 
putting themselves in a great relationship with Epic. I think right now to be in a relationship with Epic is the best place. They are loved by a lot of people. And I think that they are in the right spot right now to be partnering to like, they're doing so good to receive a return from your investment is practically a done deal. And so what I think that this can do for them is then allow them the ability to one, grow their studios and allow for whatever they said that they had planned by 2025, 10 live service games. You mm-hmm. got to start building up your studios, bringing the funds, bring some like receive some funds back. And on top of all of that, I think what's very interesting is I think there's a potential that we can see these funds being returned to Sony as means to allow them to maybe, and this is just me hypothesizing, maybe allow them to go and acquire more studios in the future. Now, if they're not seeing direct returns right away, right now, because to be honest, the only game that we've seen release as of this year so far, that's PlayStation Studios, is Horizon. When's the next one? God of War, hopefully by the end of the year. And so Mm -hmm. if anything, if anything, if they need to get some more capital back quicker, get some more money back quicker to compete in this acquisition race, hopefully something happens soon. I know that there's a lot of uh, things going around about acquisitions left and right. There's been seeing people already theorizing that Kojima Productions is being acquired, which is not a surprise to me. Um, I know Jeff Grubb has mentioned that there's something even bigger than Kojima Productions happening, but he doesn't want to say anything yet. So Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of talks in the air. And so I think that this not only gets the relationship close, they can get close with Epic to help them build their games. But I think there's also a money incentive in the back end to allow them to keep growing. So I don't know. I, I think that's, I get a feeling that that's where they're going with it. Um, but yeah, you have anything else you want to add to this? I don't think so. Okay. I think that covers it all. All right, let's move on to the Nintendo corner, everyone. This is an interesting one. Acquisitions are happening left and right. And Nintendo is next but it's not what you think now this is coming by way of video games chronicle chris scullion and uh nintendo acquires dot 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 some land this is pretty interesting now this is what chris has to write in a new statement posted on its corporate japanese website the company announced that it quote will be acquiring and utilizing the land end quote which had previously been owned by Kyoto and had been used as a foundation support factory and a material and disaster prevention center. According to Nintendo, the roughly 10,000 meter squared site with which it's purchasing for 5 billion yen, which is $39.8 million, will be the home of its new building, tentatively named Corporate Headquarters Development Center Building Number 2. They're really good at their names. What a name. What a name. (laughs) This will be a 12-floor building due to be completed by the end of 2027, which Nintendo believes will carry an important role on reinforcing its R&D. We will come back to that phrase in a bit. Nintendo said in a management briefing in November that the Switch's unexpected level of success has enabled the company to invest in new business opportunities and including expansion of its game development capability. During the briefing, Nintendo President Shintaro Furukawa said it will spend up to 100 billion yen, $800 million in American money, expanding its internal game development capability and up to 50 billion yen, $400 million, growing its non-game entertainment software assets, such as movies and other things, amusement parks, Mm -hmm. you name it. Adam, from the start, 
This is not like our normal acquisition thing. We're seeing Xbox. We're seeing PlayStation. We're seeing Tencent. We're seeing the Saudi Arabian Mm -hmm. family acquiring things, okay? Mm -hmm. This is a very different thing. Nintendo has been kind of, like I said, everyone's playing their own different games now. No pun intended. Nintendo seems to be acquiring Nintendo. They're trying to build themselves up, you know? Yeah, and they're expanding really, themselves. Exactly. And it's good. I like mm-hmm. I like what I'm seeing. The line that will carry out an important role in reinforcing its R&D. And I love the, pa- the fact that they even say later down the line that that the Switch's unexpected level of success has enabled the mm-hmm. company to invest. If, if we everyone forgot the Wii U was in a horrible position and there's a not to say that the switch, if it didn't do what would be the end of Nintendo, but it would have caught it would have brought upon a very desperate Nintendo and it brought the complete opposite. Nintendo is a phoenix rising from the Wii U mm-hmm. ashes, you know, and so mm-hmm. with all this, I want to know what are your thoughts on on everything? It's just all really exciting. You know, they've done a really good job with the Switch and they're able to kind of, like I said, they're they're getting to expand and and um both from like a like they said an R D perspective. So, you know, they're going to continue to be able to um play around with hardware and like what's upcoming next. Um, but two, they are expanding um internal development studios. Yes. Um or their internal development studio. So there's gonna be uh I don't know if that means more concurrent projects or just larger staff on uh, the projects that we have. But I mean, it just means we will likely get to see uh, an increased amount of awesome, high quality first party titles. Um, so I, it's it's all good. Um, we'll we'll see what happens in terms of uh, what they said in regards to what was it uh, the non game entertainment software assets. <laughs> I'm I'm still like we 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 need to see what this actual Mario movie is first exactly. before uh I get too excited about that part. Exactly, exactly. And I will say the fact that they're even saying out loud that they're investing more into non-game entertainment software assets, which could it could be a lot of things. And there's a possibility that and this is from gamesindustry.biz. They wrote such as movies. So it could be that it is movies is one of them. Then maybe that they the little bit that they've seen of what is being developed in regards to the Mario movie is already appealing to them as it is, and they're willing to keep going. So yeah. uh, maybe we're getting a, another Kirby cartoon. Maybe. See. Yo, I love that Kirby cartoon, man. That Kirby cartoon was awesome. We were, I was just talking about that with my brothers the other day. I think what's interesting about R and D is the fact that you know R and D research and development that can be utilized when it comes to making things, such as a new console. So I don't know what this means. I don't like I they completely left the handheld handheld market by creating a hybrid. So there's no more. Do you have a Nintendo Wii and a Nintendo DSi? It is now you just have a switch. You don't need two different devices from Nintendo. What does switch Two look like? What does the next generation of Nintendo look like? I'm very interested. And I'm, I'm very interested as to what their R&D could even lead to. I, I just, it's it's not even, I don't even think that, that like that has to do with the video games, like software. I feel like R&D has to do with the hardware. I'm, I'm just, that's where my mind is going. I could mm-hmm. be just overthinking it. Um, but I just, I'm very interested to see what do they have up their sleeve. I feel like 
there's a Nintendo that is keeping so many secrets right now, which is good. And mm-hmm. is keeping everyone at the edge of their seat because I'm really excited to see what you have to say, whether this year or next year. Because I feel like the Switch has been out for, what, six years now? Uh, six to five years. We're getting close to the end of this thing. Five years, yeah. Just and, over. and they just recently did a refresh of the the new Nintendo Switch uh, Pro. Uh, it's just the OLED model. Thank you, OLED Switch, Swoled is is what they call mm-hmm. it. Swoled. Um, so I just I'm very interested to see what they have planned. Again, this is not going to be done until 2027, so that's like mm-hmm. five years from now. Uh, but until then, they have bigger plans in the future. Well, and and that's just the building. Uh, like the stuff with the um and internal game development and the the non-game entertainment that that could be on like a uh, shorter timeline definitely um, definitely than, than the r&d but yeah i mean it's definitely interesting to see you know maybe i don't know i don't even know where to go with it it's just yeah. we'll have to see what happens i agree uh, i know i know everyone's like oh you know the switch it's it's at the end of its life cycle and it's like maybe i mean it's not a it's not a strictly a home console anymore. So we Definitely. have no idea what the, the life cycle for a hybrid model like this is. Is it the roughly seven, eight years that we see with uh, the normal home consoles, or is it a 10 year with multiple you know mid life cycle refreshes? Definitely. Who's to say? Definitely. Adam, speaking of the switch as a console, let's go into our next story. Mm-hmm. Is Breath of the Wild 2 a Switch 2 game? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean by like a like it's not coming to the normal Switch? Exactly, exactly. We're gonna go straight to the verge. This comes by way of Chame Gardenberg. Breath of the Wild 2 has been delayed. They write the still unnamed sequel of the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 has been delayed to spring 2023. Producer IG Onuma announced today in a video update. The game had previously been set for a 2022 release window. This is what he has to say. Quote, we have decided to extend our development a bit and change the release to spring 2023, Onuma said. He continues, in order to make this game's experience something special, the entire development team is working diligently on this game. So please wait a while longer. Adam, this game has so much writing on it. Like, and they have to know it. There's so much hype for Breath of the Wild 2. Breath of the mm-hmm. Wild 2, one of the most not, and it's not much of a looker in regards to fidelity and all that, but oh my God, that game changed. Like it paved the way for a lot of open world games. Just look at the opening for Elden Ring. Practically beat for beat how Breath of the Wild 2 opened up. Like it is inspired so much. And so now that Breath of the Wild 2, is set to be coming very soon. It has been delayed yet again. And the amount of times I keep looking at the small teaser that we've had for a long time, mm-hmm. I keep telling myself, there's no way this thing is running on a Switch, dude. There's just no way. So that's me. I'll, I'll go deeper in my thoughts, but I want to throw it over to you. What are your thoughts about the delay of Breath of the Wild 2? And uh, come on, Adam. Throw me a bone here. Is it a Switch 2 game, please? Uh, in terms of the delay itself, you know, it, it's a little it's a little disappointing. You're like, oh, you know, I'm excited to play this game. But at the same time, 
you know, what they say about it, it, you know, we're just going to get a much better game Definitely. for the fact that they're delaying it. Definitely. So, you know, the fact that they talk about, you know, in order to make this game's experience something special. And in this context, I almost think of the kind of special that I think of when I think of like Pokemon Crystal, Gold and Silver, mm. where it's like, well, you had an entire game and then you have the entire old game in the new game as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and, you know, so I'm hoping it just means something special in terms of the scope and like the length of the game and everything that they're trying to do in the game. You know, they're, they're just developing more areas or more dungeons or, you know, more than what they were originally planning on. Definitely. And, but they're like, if we had this stuff in, it's going to be, you know, an incredible game. And so that's kind of where my mind goes to. Um, I don't know. I feel like it would be really against the grain of what they do to have been, you know, hyping up this game and talking about it and announcing it as a Switch game mm. and then for it to not come to Switch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Breath of the Wild came out on Wii U. Uh, Twilight Princess came out on GameCube. So, like, whenever they have a Zelda game kind of like at the um, edge between generations, it's usually cross generation. Um, so, I don't see them not having it on Switch. Even if it is like a Switch 2 launch game, it would be like a Switch 2 launch game in the way that a Breath of the Wild was a Switch launch game and still came out on Wii U. So they've had more time with the hardware. They probably know how to utilize it better. You know, maybe that's part of what their R&D does, Robert, is, you know, kind of making tools to to really get the the most out of the the hardware that they already have. Um but, you know, like I said, it's hard to say. It's hard Definitely. to say what the actual life cycle of the Switch is going to be. If it's just going to be seven years or if it's going to be longer, shorter. Definitely. I don't know. And I think what's interesting about all of this is the fact that I, I completely agree with everything that you said. Delay, that's fine. Obviously, much better project at the end. I want Breath of the Wild 2 to be crisp. I want this thing to be like it, it's. Just like how editing has just overtook all of just gaming, this game will also do the same thing. There's just no doubt about it. And they know that. And they need to provide, they need to create the best experience so far. And so my thing is, I agree with everything that you're saying. I, I think there's a good chance that this thing can be a gap game. And look, I don't know what the new, I don't know what Nintendo's thoughts and visions are right now. We know that back in 2021, when it was announced by um, Bloomberg, <coughs> excuse me, when it was announced by Bloomberg that they were actually creating a Switch Pro and there was even specs and everything evolved in it. And people from the know were talking about it. And that did not end up being the case. And we ended up getting the SwoLED, which is great and it's fine. Mm -hmm. But I think what's interesting about that is possibly, and this were things that were even being talked about. We even talked about this last year. COVID is still being a thing. The ability to get chips and chip shortages and all that kind of stuff was still going on. It still is going on to this date. Is it possible that we can get an upgrade? Like, is this the next thing for Nintendo? Is it possible that the Switch will become an upgradable system every two years, every three years? Like, is SwoLED the PS5 Pro? And then, well, that's a horrible example because... <laughs> After the PS5 Pro is the P after PS5 Pro will be PS5 6 or PS6. My, I guess my guess is 
is, is, is Nintendo taking the phone route? You know, is it like every other couple of years we're going to get a new iteration? Let's get this thing a, b- a bit more powerful. Could it be that they've been just trying to store up as much chips as possible? Go the smart way because they saw what happened with PlayStation and Xbox with the chip shortage, mainly PlayStation. And let's try to keep up as much chips that we got in this deal with NVIDIA, which is, I think, who's the people that they were rumored to be working with, and then get everything ready so that way when we want to push the Switch Pro or whatever they're going to call it, we have enough out there so we can start selling it. And then with that, we'll allow the ability to have games like Breath of the Wild 2 to run better, look better, but it is still playable on the Swollen or the OG Switch. I feel like that's that's what they can go with because Adam, you've seen the same video as me. That sky in that teaser is nowhere close to what the sky in Breath of the Wild 1 looks like. And I'm not even saying it's the fact that it's there, it's it's like this is a next gen game. This is the same gen game. It just the ability that either they just got so like either they're wizards and they just found out the magical code to allow the ability to show such beautiful vistas and be able to like hide the land and like showcase the sky. And like, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't add up in my brain at all. And so if I turn, if I put breath of the wild two on my OG switch, I got it the day it came out and it looks like that still like the video. I'm going to be blown away. Cause I'm going to be like, mm-hmm. where has this potential been the entire time? So do you think I'm do you think I'm overhyping myself? Do you think there's something there? I don't know. I I, I <laughs> want to say that you're overhyping yourself just because it's always uh safe to head your bets and not Definitely. get your uh put too much hope in something. Uh especially in terms in terms of video games, right? You know, it's it's our it's a passion, it's a hobby for us, it's something we enjoy to do. Um, but it, it's not worth losing sleep over. Definitely. 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 Well, Adam, thank you for um, bringing me back down to uh, mm-hmm. to Earth like Link will be one day. Um, but let's move on to our Xbox corner. We're going to be talking about Game Pass a little bit. Now, this comes by way of Benji Sales on Twitter. He is like he's somebody who follows the logistics of sales and all these kinds of things with gaming. So go go check him out. It's at Benji Sales. He's worth following because he's always up to date on just the ins and outs of gaming in the back end. And so. He, sh- he posted some stats that was going on from Microsoft at GDC. And uh, this is what he had to write. Subscribers play 40% more games after joining Game Pass. Games on average see 8.3 times lift in players. And day one launches see 3.5 times lift in players for large publishers. Indies, 15 times. And then he continues by saying that subscribers spend 50% more in regards to just money towards the games or towards the uh, the store. And then indies have seen triple-digit revenue growth. That is a huge deal right there. Um, he had some graphs and everything on there. You guys can go check him out if you could check out his, uh, uh, his Twitter post. And he, I'll put the link in the video as well. But um, starting from there, Adam, just by looking at these stats at face value, it's looking like Game Pass is actually doing pretty well. In comparison to what everyone's saying that it's not going to be a sustainable thing, it looks like for the people putting the games on the service, they're doing good. In terms of how Xbox is doing, 
we're not quite sure. Yeah. But, but the yeah, people yeah. who are putting their games on that service are doing pretty well. What are your thoughts? Um, I think that, of course, always take it uh, with a grain of, uh, grain of salt when you're looking at a company marketing their own success yeah, in a way, or yeah. you know they're promoting their own product. Um, maybe those bounty uh, paper towels don't actually pick up as much liquid as you know as that uh, ad, ad is showing. They don't. Um, uh, but you know, it's it's hard to say. It if if they're being you know, forthright and transparent with the numbers, then this is this is a really good look for um, why you should work with Microsoft and why you should uh, consider putting your game on Game Pass or be uh, becoming part of their uh, ID at Xbox program um, to kind of, you know, which is not strictly just Game Pass, but just like a kind of almost like, how, how would you put it? You'd almost say like Xbox is kind of helping publish your independent game. Definitely, uh, definitely. The, the idea at Xbox program. Um, so they're basically, you know, trying to say, hey, we are doing a good job of getting uh, people to play your games or spend money on your games. Uh, that's why you should work with us. Yes. So, yes. you know, this is a, um, you know, very, you know, seemingly very positive uh, advertisement for that. Definitely, definitely. And this is technically not even for us. This is Xbox trying to reach out to more developers. Right. This, is trying, this is Xbox trying to show, hey, look what these guys are getting. You can get that too. Just come just come over here. And that's exactly what this is. So uh, continuing on, this continues in a Xbox Wire post that came by Chris Charla, who is the general manager of content curation and programs. Uh, Xbox paying indie developers $2.5 billion in royalties. This is what he has to write. When we started the idea at Xbox program almost nine years ago, we really didn't know much. We knew that independent developers were driving the pace of video game innovation faster than we'd ever seen. And we knew the work they were doing was incredibly progressive and important. We also knew that our players on Xbox loved the artistry and diversity develop- delivered by these developers. And to make sure our players got the best, most diverse array of games possible, we had to do everything we could to help developers maximize their success on the Xbox ecosystem. The results have exceeded our wildest dreams since the program's inception. Independent developers have earned more than $2.5 billion in royalties and total revenue generated by ID at Xbox partners on Xbox almost doubled over the last three years. These are staggering numbers and it speaks to the power of independent developers. We've also paid developers and publishers across the Xbox hundreds of millions of dollars in Game Pass license fees. There are amazing games out today on Xbox and other platforms that would never have existed without the support of Game Pass members. And that's really been an incredible phenomenon. Ensuring that millions of Game Pass members get to experience some of the best independent games ever created has been transformational for Xbox players and developers. Game Pass is another avenue that helps encourage Xbox players to discover new genres and games. After joining, the average member plays 30% more games and plays 40%. No, my bad. After joining Game Pass, the average member plays 30% more genres and plays 40% more games, with the majority of these games being outside a Game Pass. This is a lot of numbers. This is a lot of talk. This is interesting because some of this licensing money, some of this royalties, we're seeing this from games such as Death's Door. Um, 
I can't even think of another one. I came already prepared for that one in my mind. But, you know. Uh, Tunic. Tunic. Thank you. Tunic. Uh, Death's Door. These games that are starting off on the Game Pass. And then we're seeing them trickle to Switch and PlayStation and on and on. And mm-hmm. so this is tantalizing to any developers as a whole. These developers who are struggling, like this is, they're making these games up to the brink of whatever is left in the bank. And this is ensuring them, hey, let's, instead of putting this on all platforms, mm-hmm. a couple, couple million, million dollars, or maybe half of that can totally keep us afloat and allow us to then start working on the ports for PlayStation and Switch mm-hmm. and all that afterwards. So what this is influencing is every indie developer now can say, if we have something here that we can pose to Xbox that is worth their time, let's not even worry about trying to make this game multi-platform. Let's just worry about making this game for Xbox. We get the money. We get the bag. Good. We are good to go. Once we have the money in the bank and we can ensure that we can eat for the next two years or the next whatever, then we can mm-hmm. start getting ready and start investing and porting this into other platforms to continue our success. It's it's smart. Everything that they're saying here is smart. Like I said, this is all for the developers. So, Adam, do you want anything you want to add to this? Or, um, I guess I'll just kind of bring up. Of course, it's a it's a complicated, you know, multifaceted, multi layered uh, kind of thing to talk about when we talk about subscription services uh how how games are funded everything like that um you know personally i don't love i don't use a lot of the subscription or the game subscription services myself it's not necessarily how we want to play games but um and i of course i play on playstation and nintendo primarily so of course i I don't really play game pass anyway but um you know there's always a risk for both um and and we'll actually bring up a playstation example um but there's a risk in in you that you have to take in terms of okay we can make this deal and get money now so we can actually get the game out of the door yeah um but then it's like you could be actually limiting your your profit and your earning if the game you know uh has a lot more downloads than what uh you and your uh publisher were were planning on and oh maybe maybe the the you could have asked for more. And I think it kind of just goes to show like you need to like the companies who put their games on game pass or on PlayStation plus really need to consider that. Uh, Cause we actually just have some articles. I'm bringing it up now. Um, some articles around um, this one's from game games industry biz. Not, sorry. Games industry biz. And it's about uh odd world soul storm. Yes. Um, so Lauren Lanning, um, kind of the creative mind behind uh, the Odd World games, you know, was kind of talking about how they had a deal with PlayStation yep. for Soulstorm to go on PlayStation yep. Plus as one of the free monthly games for PlayStation Five only. And you know, if they were originally going to come out in January of 2021, game got delayed. They came out in uh, April instead. And I want to say, let me see if I can find the numbers here. Um, Oddworld initially expected around 50,000 to 100,000 copies to be claimed by users on the service, <laughs> um, but it was actually downloaded close to 4 million times, yes. according to Lanning. 
Um, and that's from the uh, Games Industry Biz article. It's so, um, so crazy. Yeah. So you got to, it, it's a risk. They needed the money to get the game out the door. And so, that, of course, that's why you do these deals um, and just kind of make sure you get at least a, a guaranteed money or are able to finish your game. But then, oh, well, the game did way better than what you're expecting on the service. So it's like, okay, you know, was this a good deal for us? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So obviously they talk about the ID at Xbox program having uh, royalties. Yes. Um, and I know it probably varies from game to game, but I believe for the, the games in that one, you know, there's some additional payouts if they uh, reach certain sales number or sales numbers and uh, or downloads. Um, I don't know if that, Xbox does that as well for Game Pass games. I think a lot of the deals, especially with like um, larger developers or, or third party publishers is kind of like, nope, this is this is the amount for it to go on, yeah. on Game Pass. Um, there's not necessarily any kind of performance <clears throat> metrics tied to additional payouts. And, you know, it's it's hard to say what what actually works best for everyone, but or if you're, you're getting the best deal possible, but it's like you're at least getting a guaranteed payout. Definitely, so. definitely. And I think what's interesting about all this, and uh, I'm going to reference something, and it's, uh, some people, you can go check it out. It's on Last Time Media. Uh, Defining mm-hmm. Duke, they had a, uh interview. It was both Maddie and uh, Lord Cog sat down with somebody who has their games on Game Pass. And he... Was that the Guacamelee guy? People? I, I believe so. I think yeah. so. Uh, yeah. And I, they talked about it and he was he was given as much information as he could. Some things he was obviously NDA to not talk about because who's going to want all that kind of business out there? But he was talking about certain aspects of it, if I'm not mistaken. And this and his thing was like, this is I only know what we got. And I don't know about everybody else. So everyone could be getting different deals. But for them in particular, it was set amount of money, this many sales, extra money. I mean, not sales, this many downloads, extra money. If I'm not mistaken, this much time played, maybe a little extra money. There is incentives along with it. And so exactly what Adam said, I feel bad because I don't know if you remember, and those who are watching and listening, when Onward Soulstorm came out on PlayStation Plus as a free game, it was looked at as everyone was like, oh, PlayStation, is this how PlayStation is going to go against Game Pass? Because this is when Game Pass was brand new, and it kind of felt like this was a response to be like, oh, out of nowhere, PlayStation is going to allow this brand new game on PlayStation Plus for the first time ever. They've never done that before. And so mm-hmm. because of that, it sucks because a deal was made and you can't hate anybody. It was This is a new territory for everyone. A deal was made. The, the success through that deal was so much higher that there was nothing in the deal that allowed for the studio to grow with that success. It was just a one-time done deal, boom, here's the amount of money, and we expect this many sales, but no, it went even further beyond, which kind of shows the power of the PlayStation ecosystem in and of itself already through that. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because then if this was a Game Pass game, based on the little knowledge I know and based on certain interviews, for instance, that one in particular from Defining Duke Ultimate, it seems as if that game was on Game Pass, they would have continued to see some sales due to royalties because people are constantly playing the game and downloading the game over time. But mm-hmm. it's, it's different from person to person. So, mm-hmm. Adam, do you have anything else before we leave the uh, side quest stories? Do you want to add? Um, 
the last thing, and I think we've talked about it before. Um, it's probably not worth getting into, but I, I would also just Go like challenge it. people to think about not every game is going to get accepted on the game pass. Definitely. Xbox can't pay every single game. Yeah. Um, so for, for the games who don't go on it because they don't want to, or Xbox says no, for some reason, like, you know, how, how does this ecosystem affect those games? Definitely. So just something to consider. And I would like to tag onto that is what's exciting about this is because game pass is so intriguing for indie games that I'm hoping not to say that we haven't been seeing this, but I'm hoping that this lights a new fire under indie developers to try to be even more creative and to think more mm. outside the box because they now are trying to catch the eye of Xbox and to get accepted by them, you know? And so not to say that indie developers are not being creative. I'm not saying that we haven't seen that in a while. I'm just saying sometimes we see a little too much of the same games, you know? And so I feel like I'm hoping that this might create a new wave of indie. Like we're going to be in a new age of indie and it's going to be very interesting. So Keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the last bit of the podcast, our game log check-in. Adam, we've uh we've been spending some time playing some games. And mm-hmm. uh I'm gonna let you go first. I wanna like, hear what you've been playing within the past month. You just had your second child. So I yeah, I don't know if you've been able to play much, but I have been seeing on my PlayStation that you have been playing Elden Ring, and I'm pretty sure you've been playing some other stuff. So I want to know what you've been playing. It's pretty much just Elden Ring. I, <laughs> I know I have Triangle Strategy on here, but I, I really have not made much progress on that in the past month because um, Elden Ring has just, it's been the game. Yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, its a very, very long game. Yes, it has. Because I think I want to I wanna say I'm like 60-ish hours in. Yes. And it's, uh, there's just so much left. So am I. Of course, I could just go and end the game or attempt to end the game, but yeah. I think I'd get my butt handed to me. Yes. And two, I, I want to go for the platinum. Exactly. So I, I'm really going to have to go after all of the major bosses. And so, I don't know. We'll, we'll check in at the 120 hour mark and see if I'm done yet. But it's a, it's an awesome, awesome game. Yeah. I, don't, I can't say, uh, you know, probably enough good things about it. I think we're going to have a very in-depth conversation about it. I hope so. Uh, sometime so. in the future, but yes. it's, uh, it's just, it's a very special game. It is. It is. Um, do you want to talk about triangle strategy at all a bit, or is, do you just want to kind of end cap it there? Uh, no, I, I, I would love to talk about it. I'll, I'll definitely talk about more once I've, uh, gotten back to it and finished it. But, um, you know, I've been, I was, been looking forward to this game for yeah i've been i don't know probably over a year ever since they announced it yeah um like one of my favorite games growing up is uh final fantasy tactics advance um and there's a lot of things i like about the uh way final fantasy handles their tactics games versus fire emblem yeah um and so i've been very much excited for this game it has you know the same incredible art style that we've seen out of Octopath Traveler, which has been um, kind of reused for some other games coming up too. Um, and it's it's just it's beautiful. Um, I love tactics games, and it's it's a great one um, so far. Still very early on, sure. um, but you know, I would I would highly recommend people to try it out. I think there is still a demo for it on Nintendo's yeah. uh, on the eShop. So if you're 
not sure about it, at least go try it out. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm going to wait to see if that game comes to Game Pass. Because weirdly, <laughs> weirdly, Octopath Traveler did. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> that game does look nice. I mean, I, I that, that 2D HD style, uh, 2D mm-hmm. HD bit? I forgot what they were calling it. HD 2D? HD 2D bit. I don't know yeah. what they were calling it, man. It, but it looks beautiful. I love it. Mm-hmm. That looks great. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I played the demo. I liked it. I mean, I've played a little bit of Final Fantasy Tactics Advance because I've been playing it on my uh, pocket. I haven't played my pocket recently, but I did play that a while ago and I was loving mm-hmm. every single bit of it. So um, for me, I've been also playing Elden Ring. Uh, a lot of Elden Ring. Uh, I'm actually, I feel like you and me are on the exact same spot. And we are actually practically in the same amount of hours in. Mm-hmm. I've just been doing a, I don't, I don't even know what you've been doing exactly. And we'll go into a much deeper in-depth thing about that much, much later. Uh, uh, yeah. We talked about this, like, I'm not even kidding, like three weeks ago. Like, hey, where's everyone at if we want to even talk about this game? I thought at that point, I was like, oh, give me about an extra week and I feel like I'll be confident to talk about it. I'm 65 hours in, dude, and I'm still not confident about it. Because I know how I feel about the game. Mm-hmm. I just still have not seen everything. And I've been so sidetracked with doing side quests. I've been mm-hmm. literally going through storylines with videos showing me how to get things done. And I'm not going to lie. To some people, it's kind of like, oh, you're cheating yourself from the discovery of it. I really don't care. You play the game that you want to. I've been enjoying every single bit of this game. Yeah. And well, go for it. On, on the discovery piece... For a lot of this stuff, if you don't look it up, you will not discover exactly, it. and you exactly. will just play the game and not have seen it at all or known that it existed. And you'd be like, "Man, there really wasn't a lot of side quests, or you know, the game's kind of just over all of a sudden." And it's yep. like, "Well, that's because you didn't uh, go back and talk to this merchant after hearing a howling wolf, and then he gave you a gesture that you then used in front of this thing, and he yep. came down and talked to you and started this whole side." And then, oh my gosh, it's yeah. like uh, if you don't do some of these uh guides uh there's there's just so much that you'll just never come across no definitely and that's the thing is i'm more by doing some of these side stories i've already been finding myself like i didn't know about the side story in the past 30 hours i've been playing that when i'm trying to do what the people are showing me step for step i've already skipped like the first four steps and Mm so it's been interesting to see the videos showing how they would have done it from the beginning on and it's been helpful for me to kind of catch some bits that I totally missed. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, because if not, I would have completely missed it. And I've already been, and so now I've been getting better into the whole idea of it all. But I just like the south, the south, south, south part of the map. I just did that two nights ago. That part is accessible from the very beginning of the game. You mm-hmm. can go there. Mm-hmm. I just have not done that. I've just been exploring catacombs side quest and i and i just i'm in love with this game i love this game so much it's funny because the amount of times where vanessa's like are you are you almost done with this game and i'm like no we're just getting started (laughs) and i'm 60 hours in i god bless her soul the amount like the absolute horrifying things she has to watch me deal with and just just the off-putting or just the mm-hmm. so like deaf, not deaf tone, but like just the voice acting could sometimes be very like the the merchant and the whatever. Like I love it. Or all. the or the 
your, your fingers, <laughs> fingers, so, I can read them. And exactly. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly. like that is so creepy. Yep. Yep. And there'll be sometimes where I'm playing it. I'm I'm doing some some like farming, and then mm-hmm. I might find myself trail off and just find something out of nowhere. I'm going into it, and we'll be talking. And she, you know she'll be like, "Hey, you know, blah blah blah, this and this and this." And then she'll look over to the screen and be like, "That's disgusting." And then just <laughs> keep talking about whatever. I'm like, "I'm so sorry. I don't know what to say." And so oh, either or, yeah. this game is so so cool, and I'm gonna remember this experience forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll go way more in depth uh, in a later date. Other than Elden Ring, I've been playing uh, a little bit of Fortnite. The no build mode was released. Um, just real quick, Fortnite's better now with it i hated the building aspect of fortnite at the beginning it was fun but until it became a mess was when it just was not fun anymore and so now that they took it out fortnite plays like a normal battle royale game again and haters can hate i think it's much better now without the building so big thumbs up to fortnite no build mode uh i also played a little bit of, of aliens fire team elite this is all being used i've been playing with my brothers and uh mm-hmm. we just had a blast playing aliens not because it was fun, which it was fun, but it's because of the jankiness and just the funny things that were just going on that were not supposed to be funny happening in the moment. I had a lot of fun with it. And so if you just want a game, it's on Game Pass. It's where I played uh, Fireteam Elite. If you want to play a game with your with friends, family, whatever, and just dig in a couple, you know, a couple hours here or there, that's a great game to play. It's fun. It's intense at times. And so I totally recommend it. Um, and lastly, I've been playing No Man's Sky by Hello Games. This game keeps delivering and delivering and delivering. Mm. They've just announced a new update today, Outlaw. <laughs> and, and this game is just, it's unbelievable. And so this game, I find myself playing, I delete it, then I come back to it, and then I delete it. And so officially, uh, you know, with my brother, I was like, hey, let's officially try to play this game. Let's see what we can do with this. Because there's everything about this game. I love it. The idea of being on a planet, leaving the planet, going to another planet, going to these other galaxies. Like, I love Interstellar, the movie. And so it just Mm -hmm. gives me that feeling when I play this game. And so I love it. I think the game is awesome. They've built so much on it. I will say the tutorial, as it keeps getting updated, gets a little longer every time because they're teaching you newer things. But I will say the yeah. UI and everything about the game is much more cleaner than it was before. And so either or, if you've never played No Man's Sky, give it a shot. It is so, so intriguing. The Everything in the intro of like fixing your ship, it might seem a little tedious at the very beginning for the first, what, 30 to 45 minutes. But trust me, the moment you leave that planet, it'll click and you'll be like, oh, I know what this game is and you're going to get hooked. So I'm hoping that I can stick with this game a little longer than I have ever had before and try to go out and do a bunch of missions with my brother and see if we can get the fullest potential out of No Man's Sky than we've ever had before. So other than that, that's practically all the games I've been playing. I'm going to continue to keep playing Elden Ring. Um, Mm -hmm. Anything else in regards to any newer games, I really don't have an eye on quite yet. I still haven't finished Forbidden West yet, and I'm mm-hmm. I, and I'm going to, and I'm kind of glad that I'm I'm glad that I'm still retaining all the memory as to where I'm at in that game. I haven't forgotten it. I've jumped in an hour or two here every once in a while and continue to play it. I'm going to finish it, 
But at this moment, man, I'm getting my money's worth out of Elden Ring. I, mm-hmm. I'm sticking with it yep. until the end, and I'm hoping that I platinum it just like Adam is going to do. Uh, I'm actually trying, and we'll obviously you and I will just be texting about it from here on out because there's certain ways I'm trying to plan in this mm-hmm. game without having to do a second run because I just if I miss something at the end of this, I'm unfortunately not going to go back and do it. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Oh, so man. I, yeah. th- you can get this game platinum in one run. It just I'm I'm pretty sure you have to do things a certain way. You you, you got to manipulate your uh, your cloud save backups exactly sure. exactly and so. Uh, I'm at 65 hours. Some people have been able to platinum the game in 80 hours just by looking at what I need to do. I've already kind of marked on my trophy list the the trophies I need to tackle that I can tackle right now before I start accelerating the story. Um, And once I get all those trophies taken care of, the rest of the trophies are all about story. Like I'm going to have to fight these bosses because of the story. So hopefully I can get all that kind of stuff done. I've been taking out baddies left and right. I'm pretty mm-hmm. I'm pretty stoked for myself. So I'm not weirdly. Ask me if I was when I was 10 hours in, am I gonna platinum this game? There's no shot in the world I was gonna platinum this game. Cause I don't platinum games all the time. Now that I'm 65 hours in, I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm this far in and I'm still loving it. I'm mm-hmm. gonna attempt this platinum. I think it's doable. Mm-hmm. I think it's obtainable. So I'm excited to see what i can do so we'll see adam is there any other games that you're going to want to check out in the near future before our next podcast or are you still going to be sticking with <laughs> before next podcast <laughs> yeah. i i have horizon to yes. go back to yes elden ring to finish triangle strategy yes uh not to mention mention like the normal backlog of games i have Definitely. on top of all of that Definitely. uh if if i were going to pick up a new game that i don't have already it would probably be Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. Yes. Or Forgotten Land. Yes. Whichever it is. Um, but now, other than that, I'm just going to stick it to Elden Ring. Going to keep going. Um, I, I have a small self brag on that oh, one. Go for it. Let me hear. You know, I've been tell- talking to you and Austin and Michael about the message system, trying to get you guys to engage it. <laughs> I know it's it's not a lot. It's not a lot, but I have a message out there that has 33 or more praises. Wow. Okay. So I'm like, you know, keeping that keeping that going. Uh, have that one locked in so it won't just go away and we'll see how high it gets. When we talk deeper about this game, man, those messages are the best thing in this game. I, not mm-hmm. the best, but I love them so much. It's mm-hmm. It brings levity into moments that I need it. And so I love the message system. Another thing I forgot to talk about that I played, I'll just touch on real fast. Mario Kart 8 is getting new tracks thanks to you know the subscription model that they have. If you have the highest tier, you get more tracks. And so Vanessa and I, uh, we just did one of the newer tracks. There's two of them that are out. We did one of them, uh, or one of the new pre's that they released. So fun. I forget, like, mm. this game is so, so fun. And the fact that we're getting eight more tracks by the end of next year is mind-blowing to me. This game is going to be loaded with tracks. And so we just did one of them so far. Loved it. I won every single race um, because I'm just that good. Mm-hmm. I'm just that good, guys. Come on. Don't even come at me. Mm. So uh, I'm hoping to get the next uh, pre done soon. Uh, and like Adam said, if there's any game that I'm going to try out next before the next podcast, maybe, maybe it's going to be Tunic. That's the next one I've been I'm thinking about digging in. But yeah. it's hard because that's a very Metroidvania Souls-like game. And I'm already playing one of those right now. So we'll see. 
Tunic is very lighthearted compared to Elden Ring anyway, so it might be a great refresher, to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, anyways, guys, thanks for joining us and uh, being with us as we just go over the news here on the XP Podcast Level 27. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit the thumbs up button. And in the comments, please let us know about your thoughts regarding PlayStation, Sony and Epic, Nintendo, Xbox, all that kind of stuff. Let us know in the comments down below. If you're listening to the podcast service, please share it with your friends, share it on social media, and rate the podcast on your podcast service of choice. And uh, check us out on all of our social media stuff. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. It's at Ambitious Casual on everything. Trying to make it as easy as possible. So check them out. And uh, thanks again, guys, for being there, for listening to us. Here's to, I'm hoping we get some more and more stuff coming up. We're getting closer to the summer, which summer doesn't mean E3 anymore, which is sad, but it does mean summer game fest. So until next time, guys, thanks for joining us. Adam, thank you for joining me here. Of course. XP podcast. Later. See ya.